Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. special way. Amen. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me today to the book of Genesis chapter 28. Praise the Lord. So glad you've all, you, all, you, all of you have chosen to be with us this morning at the Anchor Church. We're thankful for that. We realize that you could be anywhere today. Amen. And you've chosen to be here. We don't take that lightly. We love you and we're thankful. We know that God has a purpose for your life. But he wants to begin. I want somebody to hear me this morning. He wants to begin the restoration process. That's what I feel in the spirit. He wants to begin the restoration process. He's ready to work it again. He's ready to do it again. I don't know who I'm talking to. I just know that God wants you to know that it's time to begin the restoration process healing. Amen. Are you done running? Are you done running from the Lord? Are you ready for him to place his hands on your life and do what he has always purposed to do? His plan hasn't changed. Come on, I'm ministering to somebody right now. I don't know who you are, but the Lord's ready. Amen. He's ready. He just needs that lump of clay to be placed in his hand. Mm. Genesis 28. Mm. Start reading at verse 10. Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night. Because the sun was set and he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows laid down in that place to sleep. Imagine having a rock for a pillow. It must have been his desire. He's the one that gathered them together so he could. Sometimes it just helps to have your head elevated. (laughs) 
That'll preach. Some of us need to elevate our thinking. I can't help it. I'm a crybaby. When I get in the presence of the Lord, I just cry. I can't help it. And he dreamed. When he laid his head upon the rock, he began to dream. Behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest. To thee will I give it into thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Let me know that the same promise that was given to Abraham and Isaac was passed down to Jacob. Those, those words seem familiar, right? He said those words in the earlier parts of Genesis when he was speaking to Abraham. Somebody say amen. And behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest and will bring thee again into this land for I will not leave thee until I've done that which I've spoken to thee of. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and he said, surely, the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it upon for a pillar and poured oil upon it on the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city was called Luz at the first. Amen. How many know that the word Bethel means the house of God? Amen. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject. The house of God. Amen. I wonder if we could lay our Bibles down if you have them and close your eyes. Lift your hands unto the Lord today. One more time before we're seated. God, we love you this morning. We so appreciate what we feel in your house today. God, I pray that you would have your will and your way in this place. Lord, do what all that you have purpose to do in this place. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray. I pray that you would anoint your messenger this morning. Anoint your people this morning to see and to hear and to understand. And we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. You can be seated in the house of the Lord. Somebody say the house of God.
Sometimes silence bothers people. Does it bother you? Ask your neighbor, does, that, does silence bother you? Sometimes it's awkward. You ever been talking to somebody and then all of a sudden the conversation ends and you're standing there by each other? And you're like, okay then, I'll see you later. <laughs> somebody say, awkward. Amen. We call it cringy. I mean, you know how they get them people on TV to sing and they can't really sing? Some people laugh at that, enjoying that. We, I have a hard time watching that. They're watching these people make fools of themselves and getting joy out of it. That's got to be sinful. Somebody tell that person they can't sing. Don't they have any friends or family to keep them off of television? I don't, I don't even know why I said that. Sorry. Okay. The house of God. Somebody say the house of God. Jacob uh, was in the lineage of Abraham. Abraham, we know, was, was a friend of God. He was uh, uh, called of God to come out of the land that he knew. And the Bible says that that that. He was righteous because that he believed God. God asked him to do some things that were hard for him to do. And his righteousness was put in the fact that he believed God and he did what God asked him to do even when he did not understand why. How many know faith is doing things that you don't really understand why, but you just know God said do it? Man, his thoughts are not our thoughts, and his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are far above our thoughts. As the heavens are above the earth, the Bible says, so are his thoughts above our thoughts and his ways above our ways. We can't see what he sees, and we can't know what he knows. Amen. Sometimes it's just blind faith, knowing that God said this, and I'm going to do it, simply because he said it, not because I understand it or not because I see a way out of it or not because I, 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 I know that this is going to work. I just know this is what he said and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to tell you this morning that those are the people that he elevates. Those are the people that he rewards or the people that put their faith and their trust in his word. Amen. I don't have to have another reason. Come on. He don't have to show me another thing. He don't have to show me another miracle. He don't have to convince me any further. I know he's God. And when he speaks to me, I'm going to do it simply because he's God. Amen. How many know that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him? Amen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You're not going to please God or have any dealings with God if you're not willing to step out, put some faith in him, get your faith out of your own ability, out of your own intelligence, out of your own dreams and ambitions. Put your faith in the steps and the order of God in your life and watch God work. Come on. Sometimes the walls won't fall down because God don't want us to think that it's our ability that caused it to move. He wants us to simply put our faith and our trust in him. And when we do that, he will reward it with doing what we asked him to do. 
Amen. It's not popular, but it's good preaching. Amen. We need faith. Come on. We need to put faith in God's word. Faith is the only thing that's going to change your life. It's the only thing that's going to change your world. It's the only thing that's going to change your family. Come on. It's the only thing that's going to change our community is faith in the word of God. Because we understand that through the word of God, the worlds were framed. Amen. The very details of this world were laid out by God's word. Amen. Everything that is and that was created, the foundation of all that is was laid by God's word. Amen. You can trust it. Come on. You can build your house on it. You can put your faith on it. You can take it to the bank. If God said it, he will bring it to pass. Amen. That's a little side note. We need more faith. Amen. We want God to take us out of situations that are hard because, because it's hard to have faith. Amen. We want God to, to, to remove the things that are very hard for us to walk through. Amen. The struggles. Come on. We want him to remove the pain sometimes. We want him to take away the things that are making us uncomfortable in our lives. But we have to understand that those things in and of themselves are what pushes us to trust God. God's not going to remove the very thing that's causing you to pray. Come on. God's not going to remove the thing that's causing you to be broken before him. Paul said he had a thorn in his flesh and he prayed three times that the Lord would take it away. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. I'll give you the ability and the strength to get over this and get past it, but I'm not going to remove it unless you be, uh, you be elevated above measure. Come on. Unless you get in your mind that somehow it's because of you that this happened. Understand today, God, God knows that, that he's not going to remove the things in our lives that are going to cause us to seek him. Amen. And sometimes the only thing that we'll turn to God in is pain. We say, man, suffering, struggle. Amen. It's only when we don't have the answer or when all of our avenues and paths are cut short do we turn to God. Somebody say, Amen. That's not God's desire. Amen. But when there's a plan for your life, Jonah, and you're not following it, amen. There's a plan for your life. You're not following it. There's a way that God has of getting you back on track. And I've prayed the prayers. God, don't let me be lost. Come on. Don't let me get lost. Don't let me get confused. Come on. Don't let me lose sight of the path that you have for my life. If I get out, out of line, Put me back in line. If I get out off track, give me direction. Do whatever you have to do to get me lined out and get me in line with what your spirit and your word has for my life. Does anybody feel that way this morning? Clap your hands to the Lord. Jacob dreamed a dream. He was traveling through a certain place. And uh, the Bible says that he lighted upon a certain place. It wasn't his desire or his destination to go to that place when he left on his journey. He was on a journey to get somewhere that he wanted to go. And on his journey, he lighted upon a place that was special. 
Amen. Through the journey and the walk and going where he wanted to go and the path that he had laid out for himself, come on, he lighted up on a certain place that held certain spiritual significance. Come on. There was a purpose of God in the place. Amen. He didn't know it was there. He just, by happenstance, ended up there. Amen. Isn't it funny sometimes how things happen in our lives? We don't necessarily purpose them to happen, but on our way or on our journey to a certain place or a certain destination, something ends up taking us by surprise, and we end up being affected by a place that we never purposed to go. Come on, it's, 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 it's interesting that, that Jacob ended up at the place where the temple would be built. Come on, that was the place where the Jewish temple was going to be built. That's the place where, where Abraham laid Isaac upon the altar and said, I'll do whatever you want me to do. He said, take your son, your only son to yonder mountain and sacrifice him before me. Abraham went and he said, God will provide a sacrifice. How many remember that? He took him, he put him on the altar and he was getting ready to kill him and the angel said, stay your hand. Come on. And he looked up and there was a ram in the thicket. God provided a sacrifice. But when God saw, the Bible says, the faith of Abraham, when God saw that Abraham was willing to do something that he had no understanding of, that he he made provision for his future and for his sin. Come on, how many know that it was in the same place that Abraham offered Isaac that Jacob by happenstance ended up laying his head upon a rock. Come on, I want to tell you, nothing happens by accident. We go through our days and we feel like we're in control where we're going and what we're doing. But I want to tell somebody this morning, God is in control. You can make your plans, you can make your destinations, but when it's all said and done, God's going to interrupt anything that man puts in place so that we can see his glory, so that we can understand more of who he is. I'm thankful for the interruptions. Somebody say amen. Amen. Jacob was tired and he got some rocks together and he, he laid down on the rocks as a pillow and he went to sleep. Now, you got to be pretty tired. I know a young man that could lay down on a rock and go to sleep. <laughs> My son, he's a chip off the old block. I could sleep in the middle of a hailstorm, a tornado. Wake up and all the limbs and trees are laying on the ground. And I'm like, what happened? Man, he laid down on the pillow of rocks and fell asleep. While Jacob was sleeping, he dreamed a dream. Amen. He laid his head upon the rock and he began to dream. How many know the rock is the Lord? Jesus is the rock. When my heart is overwhelmed, he said, the psalmist, lead me to the rock. That is higher than I. Amen. That rock that followed them was Christ, the Bible says. Amen. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. But the rock is Jesus. Somebody say it's Jesus. It's a representation of Jesus, the word of God. 
Amen. How many know that he is the word? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Amen. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if He, the word was God, the word still is God. Amen. How many know the word was made flesh? Amen. And it dwelt among us, even as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And we know that one that was made flesh and dwelt among us was Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He was the word of God put in living color. Come on. He was the word of God manifested in the earth, the express image of the invisible God. The express image being the outward representation and show that all of all that God was and all that God is and all that God ever is going to be. How many know when he appeared to John on the Isle of Patmos, he said, I am he that was and is and is to come the almighty. Amen. That wasn't, come on, that was Jesus. Amen. He's the rock. He's the, he's the foundation on which everything was built. All things were made by him and for him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Come on. He is before all things. And by him all things consist. All things continue in operation because of him and who he is and how he laid it all out. They can talk about Armageddon and they can talk about nuclear war. But I come to preach to somebody this morning. It's not going to be over until God says it's over. Come on. He didn't say man was going to destroy the earth with fire. He said he would destroy the earth with fire. And I, so I'm not afraid of nuclear bombs or nuclear war. I'm afraid of a God in heaven who is a great and a terrible God who has the power to give life and destroy life. Come on, my faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' love and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. He's the rock. Come on, he's the foundation. He is everything. He is the all in all. You want to read this Bible and learn about life? This is about Jesus. From Genesis to Revelations, it's about Jesus. It's the word made flesh. Come on. It is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He is the, behold the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the whole world. Come on, clap your hands one more time. It's Jesus. I let the cat out of the bag. It's Jesus. Amen. He dreamed a dream. Laid his head on the rock and all of a sudden he began to dream. Some of us have quit dreaming because we've taken our faith out of the hand, out of, out of being in God's word. When you put your head upon the rock, you'll dream. When you put your head upon the rock, the visions of the Lord will overtake your mind. The call of God will begin to come into your life.
Come on. And you'll begin to see things that you've never seen. And you'll begin to dream of things that you've never dreamed of before. And, and, and you'll be able, be able to sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Come on. How many know that the rock is worthy to be called the rock? It's not Dwayne Johnson. Sorry to bust your bubble, bro. It's Jesus. Somebody say it's Jesus. know he said like it's all planned out Jacob had a dream a vision of a ladder that stretched from earth and the place where he was laying from where he was laying his head it stretched into the heavens amen and there were angels ascending and descending upon the ladder Access the ladder, come on, that he dreamed about was an avenue. Amen. A vision of an avenue through which what is in heaven can access the earth, and what is in earth can access the heavens. Amen. It was an avenue that he saw that was that was emulating from the rock to the heaven. Come on. The rock where he laid his head. Amen. It was a bridge. It was a connection. Come on. That God was giving to Jacob or uh, in a vision. Amen. So that he could understand the process and the operation of God in the earth. Amen. Jacob began to see the angels ascending and descending. Come on. Upon that ladder. Amen. The ladder was a vision of future events. Amen. That would be set up. That which is purposed from the foundation of the world. To link earth to heaven. Come on. To access earth. For God to access earth. And for, for the people to be able to access God. Somebody say amen. Our goal should be as the church, as operating in the earth as in heaven. Come on. In complete harmony with God and his purpose. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is purposed in heaven. We are not here to entertain the earthly, but we are here to entertain the heavenly, to entertain the presence of the Lord. The world will not understand what's going on in this place. Amen. If they understand student, it wouldn't have the power to change them. They might not understand our methods, but they will understand the attraction that they feel in the presence of the Lord. They will understand the power of the presence of God. Come on. His church is not supposed to be an earthly church. It's a heavenly church built on heavenly principles. Somebody say amen. Amen. We have a way of thinking. It doesn't line up with the world. A way of operating in the earth that doesn't line up with natural thinking. There's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Come on. How many know that God's way is not man's way? 
Amen. And man's way is not God's way. We have to understand that God is above us. He is far above the heaven, the, the earth in the heavens. He is a representation of his elevation and knowledge and wisdom and understanding. And understand that we don't have the ability to know everything that God knows and see everything that God sees. And the only way that I could ever get on the path that he has for my life is I have to some way be able to access heavens. I have to in some way be able to access the mind and the plan and the purpose of God. I come to preach to somebody today. There is a way that God has made for us to access the heavens. Come on, there's a way that God has made for him to access the earth and his name is Jesus. Somebody say his name is Jesus. We need God's way. Somebody say we need God's way. Hey, wait, we need his mind. We need his wisdom. We need his thinking. Come on. We need his understanding. Come on. If we're ever going to be what he has purposed for us to be, we're going to have to make, uh, create an access or find the access between heaven and earth. Somebody say amen. Hebrews 8, 1 through 5. I want you to stay with me now. Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of majesty in the heavens. It's a representation of Jesus Christ in the heavens at the right hand representing the power and the authority. How many know it's all in him? A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord pitched and not man. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things. As Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. Okay, slow down a little bit here. Is anybody confused? Nobody's going to admit it. Amen. There were things that were purposed of God in heaven. Amen. Talking about the true tabernacle. Amen. That, that, that he wanted to build on the earth. And so through Moses, he built the tabernacle of meeting in the wilderness. How many remember that? You read the book of uh, Leviticus and go through the Old Testament. And you'll see the priesthood and you'll see the tabernacle that was built in the wilderness, which was all a shadow. Somebody say a shadow of things to come. Amen. It wasn't the permanent tabernacle that was being built, but it was used as an example to lead us to Christ. Come on. It was a representation of what would come. Amen. How many know in order for him to fulfill the law, that the law first had to be in place? Amen. 
And so it's through the tabernacle that the law was put in place in the earth. And the law was a representation of the perfect man. Amen. What was to, how a man was to live, how a man was to act, how a man was to deal with one another in the earth, and what the punishment was for every transgression of the law. How many know without law there's no sin? Man, the law is just a, something used for God to show us our sin. Amen. How many know he said if you're, if you're guilty of one point of the law, you're guilty of the whole law. Amen. I talked about it a little bit on Thursday night. But understand it was a representation of the tabernacle, of the law. He had the, the, the altar of sacrifice. Come on. I'm not going to go through all the furniture of the tabernacle. Although I'd like to. There was a pattern in the heaven that God had showed Moses in the mountain. And God told him to make it according to the pattern. Do everything according to the pattern. Come on. Don't do it in your own way. Do it in the pattern that you were shown. Come on. We don't have the liberty to serve God any way we want to. We don't have the liberty to do it our own way. Come on. We can do that if we want, but it's not going to get us where we want to go. On. If we want to touch God, if we want to do it God's way, it's got to be made according to the pattern. And so when Moses didn't have the liberty to make it what he wanted it to be, but to make it according to the pattern which was revealed to him, the tabernacle was an earthly construction of the tabernacle that already existed in heaven. Amen. And they used their earthly material to construct something that God wanted them to build in the earth. Come on, they used their, their own hands, they used their own wood, they used their own gold. Come on, they used everything that they had to use to build something that built after the pattern and representation of what God wanted them to build in the earth. It was a figure. It was a shadow of the examples of the things in heaven that the almighty God wanted to show to earthly men. Hear me. A figure is an outline. It's a sketch. It's an object. Come on. It's a, it's a shadow. Anybody ever cast a shadow? When the light shines on an object, it casts a shadow on the earth. It shows an outline, a shadow of what's already there. Somebody say amen. The tabernacle was a construction, a shadow of something that already existed. Hebrews 9, he says, the Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time then present. Okay? So the tabernacle, as long as the tabernacle existed, then that way into the holiest of holies was not yet made. Come on, somebody. It did not yet come. Amen. It was not there yet, but it was a shadow of a reflection of an object. Amen. That, that would come. Amen. Not the very image of the thing, but a shadow of the thing. It is just as if the light of God was shining on the object in heaven and its image was being reflected on the earth. That's the picture of the tablet. The tent of meeting, they called it. Am I losing everybody? Are you with me? If you're with me, say amen. It was built with earthly materials. 
but it was built in the form of what already existed in heaven, in the plan of God. It was, it was for this purpose, to be a place of meeting, to be a representation of what was to come. It would be a bridge that connected humanity and divinity, the earthly and the heavenly. Amen. Galatians 4 and 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law. Jesus was made of a woman, made under the law of earthly material and under earthly law and jurisdiction. Amen. Understand that what happened when Jesus came, he was a representation of what was in heaven. He was the express image of the invisible God. He was the express image of what existed existed in the tabernacle in the day of Moses. Come on. He was to fulfill all that was laid out in the law and become the perfect sacrifice for all of mankind. Let me just tell you this morning that when Jesus was crucified on the cross, the tabernacle was fulfilled. That tabernacle was dissolved because that tabernacle in the wilderness was the life, the body, come on, and the, and the ministry of Jesus Christ in the earth. It was a reflection of who God was in heaven and everything he wanted to give to mankind. So when Jesus was nailed to that cross, he made a way. He gave us access into the holiest of holies by the blood that was shed. Let me say amen. Philippians 2, he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant as one's made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Amen. He was made of earthly material for the purpose of going to the cross and fulfilling the law that no other man can fulfill. How many know the Bible says he was tempted in all points, yet without sin. He was the perfect, sinless sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Come on. He died on that cross for you and for me. The tabernacle in the wilderness was a shadow of all of that. You go through the, the furniture, amen. As soon as you walk through the gate, how many know he is the gate? He's the door that leadeth to the sheepfold. Amen. How many know there's a devil that tries to come up some other way? But anybody that tries to come up some other way is a thief and a robber. Come on. But he that comes through the door, come on. How many know we came through Jesus and he's the door? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Man, I got so much to say and a little time to say it. Amen. Jesus, when you go through the gate, you see the, the, the brazen altar, the, the altar of sacrifice. How many know the altar of sacrifice? It was bigger than every other uh, piece of furniture in the tabernacle. The altar of sacrifice, you could fit all the other pieces of furniture inside the brazen altar. Amen. It was, there was representation that you can't get anywhere without sacrifice. Amen. You can't go any further until you visited that altar. How many know on the altar of sacrifice, things die? Amen. That was the altar where the lamb was slain. Come on. That was the altar where the life was taken. The earthly life. 
That was the altar. It was purposed by God. Amen. They would sacrifice that, that lamb one time a year, that sinless, spotless lamb, and the priest would make atonement for the sins of the people. And when, when, that, when that, that lamb would die and take its last breath, the fire of God would come out of heaven and consume that sacrifice upon the altar. Amen. They would take the blood of that lamb, and they would go into the holy place. But first, they would wash. How many know that's a type of baptism? We are washed by the name of Jesus Christ, by the blood of Jesus Christ, for the remission of our sins. You can't get in the holy place. You can't go any further. Come on. How many know that you got to be washed? Somebody say washed. Amen. After you're washed, you go through the first curtain. It's a veil. You're in a place, a dark place. They would take the coals off of the altar that the fire fell from heaven. They would take the fire that came from heaven. Strange fire was never allowed in the tabernacle. If they brought in their own fire, Aaron's, Aaron's sons brought in their own fire and he, he, he consumed them with fire from heaven. They were ashes on the fire. The Bible says Aaron watched his sons be destroyed because they tried to bring strange fire into the tabernacle. The only fire that should be in the tabernacle was God's fire. Amen. That'll preach. Amen. They took the fire. They took the blood. Come on. He would go into the holy, holy place. And, and it was laid. I wish I had a picture for you if I was a good preacher. I would have a picture for you. But I have my own sketch. Can everybody see that? Get your binoculars out. What's that? What's that look like? Yeah. Yeah, that's how it was. That's how the tabernacle was laid out in the form of a cross. The burnt offering was at the feet, the brazen altar. The laver was here where they washed. And then when they went through the first veil, they stepped into where the heart's at. They stepped into the heart of the cross. Amen. Which represents earthly ministry and earthly operation. They would take the fire. It was the it was where the the, the seven golden candlesticks the seven spirits of God. Somebody say amen. It was the 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 altar of incense, which represents the prayer and praise of the saints. And it was the 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 table of showbread, which had the twelve loaves of showbread. Amen. Which represents the word of God. Somebody say amen. And so they would take the fire off of the altar and they would light the seven golden candlestick menorah with the fire of God. Amen. Which represents the illumination of the Holy Ghost. Come on. And the seven spirits of God and the operation of the spirit of God in the holy place. And then the, 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 the altar of incense represents the prayer that you pray in the spirit. Come on. How many know you got to light that with fire? Come on, they would light that and the incense would burn. And when people came through the gate of the tabernacle, when they saw the altar of, of sacrifice, they all they could smell was the incense burning in the tabernacle. Come on, how many know that our churches should be filled with prayer and with praise? Amen. Should be ignited with the Holy Ghost of praying and worshiping God. Amen. And then the, the, the 12 loaves of showbread represent the word of God. And so the priests would operate in the holy place. 
Somebody say amen. That's where their operation was. They would light the candles of wisdom and understanding the, the, the spirits of God. They would, they would light the altar of incense and pray and worship God. And they would partake of the unleavened bread, which represents the word of God. That's the operation in the earth. At the head. Somebody say the head. At the head was the holiest Somebody say, it's the head. One time a year, the priest was allowed to go in that place, the high priest. They would tie a rope around his foot because if he was not properly cleansed before he went in the holy place, he would drop dead and they'd have to pull him out. Imagine the, the first guy that went in there. I'm not going back in. Who wants to go in after him? confident enough in your lifestyle that you're going to go in after him. That would be a good message to preach. How many know Jesus went after him? They'd pull him out. Amen. But if he went in and he cleansed properly, he would take the blood from that lamb that was slain. And he would sprinkle it upon the mercy seat on the Ark of the Covenant. Amen. Between the two cherubims. There's a mercy seat, and he would sprinkle that blood upon the mercy seat. That means the sins of the people for the next year were forbearance. They were pushed to the next year. They weren't washed away. They weren't remitted. They were just pushed to the next year. Amen. Anybody have had forbearance on your student loans or anything like that? Doesn't mean you don't have to pay it. It just means giving you some time, right? God was working some time for his people because he knew what was about to come. Amen. When you went into the holy place, that's where the head was at. Amen. That represents the, the, the head. How I many know Christ is the head of the church? The head of all things over the church. Amen. It's the head. That's where, that's where the connection's at. Amen. That's where when Jacob laid down on the rock. Amen. When he laid his head down upon the rock, it it represented Jesus. Amen. It represented the holiest of holies. Amen. It represented that place that the ladder would extend from heaven to earth. Come on. It, it was a representation. And when Solomon built the tabernacle in Jerusalem, how many know he built it with Jacob in mind? Did you know that? When he built the tabernacle in Jerusalem, the temple in Jerusalem, Solomon's temple, Amen. He built it with the way that Jacob was laying on the ground with his head upon the rock. Amen. He, he built him so his body was the holy place. He built it in the, in the form of Amen. And the head was where his head was laid upon the rock was Christ. And in the in, in Solomon's temple, when you would push through that second veil, there were steps. And they, when the priest would push through the second veil into the head of the tabernacle, there were steps that represented the ladder 
going to heaven. And when that priest would ascend up that steps to get into the place where the Ark of the Covenant was, it was a representation of what was taking place in heaven. When Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that he went in to the whole the holy place in the heavens and he sprinkled blood one time his blood one time upon the mercy seat of God in the heavens. Amen. It's a representation of Jesus going into the heavens and sprinkling the blood that he was shed on the mercy seat for the remission of sins for his people for the whole world forever. Up your hands to the Lord. That's a great revelation. Jacob saw a vision of what was what was to come. Come on. It was a it was a picture of Jesus Christ. The temple that was built was built in Jacob laying out. Amen. Everything that God put in place in the tabernacle was a representation of what would be fulfilled in the earth. Amen. In Jesus Christ. Amen. It was, it was a representation of heaven coming to earth. Come on. It was a representation of earth being able to touch heaven. Amen. It was a representation of God being made flesh and walking among us, come on, and being tempted at all points like we are, yet without sin, overcoming every sin with the word of God, come on, and going forth to a cross that was set for you and for me, amen. How many know that anybody that was guilty of the law was guilty of death? So when Jesus, the sinless, spotless, innocent man, went to that cross for you and me, he's the one and only one that could remit our sins forever. Amen. When he went to that cross, it was the fulfillment of the plan of God forever. From, from the foundation of the world, that lamb was slain for the sins of the whole world. It was always the plan. It was always the plan in his word. That's the way he always purposed for it to be. It wasn't something where God was doing as he went. I better do this because this happened. No, it was laid out beforehand. Somebody say it was laid out beforehand. Turn with me to the book of John, the first chapter. I want everybody to see this. Start reading at verse 43, and I want you to follow along with me. This is so good. Everybody ready? If you don't have your Bible, just follow along with me on the, on the board. The day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, follow me. Somebody say, follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathaniel. I heard a guy preach one time about the ministry of Philip. Philip findeth Nathaniel. 
he said the ministry of Philip is to go and find. Right? He found those that he brought them to Jesus. And saith unto him, we have found him of whom Moses is in the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, come and see. Right? So Nathanael is pretty skeptical about Jesus. Philip is trying to convince him to come. This is the one, somebody say, this is the one that Moses in the law and the prophets wrote about. Think about it. This is the one. This is the fulfillment. So he said, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith unto him, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. I think, I think Jesus was being real facetious. You know, Nathaniel saith unto him, how do you know me? Somebody say, he knows. How do you know me? Jesus answered and said unto him, before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. So Nathaniel's like, oh, he was watching me? <laughs> That'll make you act right, won't it? You know, there's a lot of things you will do in private, but when you know there's a video camera or something? Man, why are you so tight? Somebody laugh. You'll act right. Jesus, how many know the Lord's watching? makes us a little uncomfortable, don't it? He's probably seeing a lot of stuff he don't want to see. <laughs> we don't want to laugh and we don't want to respond because we think people that the preacher's talking to us. Talking to all of us. Somebody say amen. Nathanael answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the son of God. Thou art the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. Okay, now remember, Philip told him, this is the fulfillment of what the prophets and the law and Moses wrote about. This is the fulfillment. Somebody say the fulfillment. This is him. Somebody say this is him. He believed that he was after he said he saw him under the fig tree. But then Jesus makes a statement that ties everything together because he's an Israelite. He understood the tabernacle. Come on, somebody. He understood the pattern. That was in heaven. This was not a new teaching. This is a new teaching to us because we gotta we learn about Jesus and then we gotta go back and learn what the law, how the law was talking about Jesus. We kind of learn it backwards, but they learned it forwards. 
Amen. And so when Jesus makes this statement, he's tying everything together. He says, verily, verily, I say unto you, hereafter ye shall see heaven open. Come on. And at the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Come on. So basically what he's saying is that vision that Jacob had in, the, in, in Bethel. Come on. That vision that he had when he laid his head upon the rock and the ladder stretched to heaven and that tabernacle or temple that was built in Jerusalem in the form of Jacob laying his head on the rock and extending to heaven. That's a representation of me. Come on. Because you're going to see the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. No longer do you need to wait on the access and the ladder to get to God. I'm here. Come on. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here now. Amen. Why don't we stand all around the building? Lift our hands to the Lord and thank him for revelation in his word. God, I'm thankful, Lord, that you stood in that place, God. I'm thankful, Lord, that you took upon you the form of a man. I'm thankful that you made yourself of, of earthly material so that you could fulfill the plan and the purpose of God. I'm thankful, Lord, that you took it upon yourself to restore all of mankind through the shedding of your blood. And God, I know this morning that we have access to the heavens because of what you did. Wow. We have access to all that God is through the ladder. Jesus Christ, our Lord, we have access. Earthly things will produce earthly results. There are, there are self-help groups. There are, there are institutions that their purpose is to feed the poor, feed the hungry, help the poor, house the poor. There are institutions that are set in place to meet earthly needs. Come on, how many know that's true? But there's only one institution. There's only one institution. It's a living, breathing body the church that is able to touch heaven. Come on, somebody. Through the name, the person of Jesus Christ, we have access to all that heaven is. The earth is filled with hurt. Come on. It's filled with pain. It's filled with suffering. It's filled with abuse. It's filled with confusion. Darkness. Depression. Oppression. Addiction. Adultery. Fornication. All uncleanness. 
the things that humans do to try to find relief from what they're feeling on the inside. I come to preach to you this morning. Earthly means will yield a earthly result, which means it's temporary. There's pleasure in sin for a season. It'll help for a moment. But when the effects of that wear off, you're worse than when you started. Amen. Earthly means, how many know the earth is decaying? It's dying. Everything on it is temporary. Everything it can do for you is temporary. Everything that we grab that the earth has to try to cover our pain, it'll yield an earthly result. It will. It'll help for a moment. But then it'll take me a little bit closer to death. It'll take me a little bit deeper into my into my shame, into my guilt. You can talk about it till you're blue in the face. But earthly counsel will only take you so far. It can't heal the, the, the wounds in your heart and in your spirit. But there is something that can. Because where there's wounds on the earth, there's healing from heaven. Come on. And where there's abuse on the earth, there's true love from heaven. And where there's addiction on the earth, there's deliverance from heaven. Come on. And where there's unforgiveness on the earth, there's forgiveness in heaven. Come on, somebody. And where there's sins in my life that are still hounding me and killing me and digging that hole a little bit deeper, there's the blood of Jesus that still runs fresh, that hasn't dried up, and it's still available to cleanse our conscience from dead works and reconcile us to a God who loves us. loved us so much that he stood in that place that beating was meant for me those nails were meant for me I'm the sinner come on can anybody identify with that I'm the sinner those, that cross was not meant for him That cross, come here, Luke. Every service I have to call you Luke. cross marks the spot. You ever hear the X marks the spot? This represents the earth. 
This represents the earth and all that's in the earth. And this represents the intersection where heaven impacts earth and intersects with earth. Where divinity and humanity meet. The only place where we can feel the heart of God. The only place where we can feel the love of God. The only place where we can feel and, and, and access the wisdom of God, it's at the cross. For the preaching of the cross is foolishness unto the world, but to us who are saved, it's the power of God. We understand that it's the cross it's the cross is the place where humanity and divinity met. Amen. It's where God laid down his life for all of mankind. He took the mind of God, stepped into a human body. He, he fulfilled the law, laid his sinless life down on a cross and shed his blood so that we could have access to the holiest of holies and access the love and the healing and the salvation and deliverance of the Lord. We say it's at the cross. Thanks, bud. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, where the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. impact of the cross it's not a short temporary fix but it is the eternal remedy for lives that have been wrecked by sin wrecked by wrong decisions plagued by pain and suffering and affliction there's access today somebody say there's access today there's access to the throne of God. There's access to the blood of the lamb. There's access to forgiveness and healing and restoration for your life. It's in the house of God. Huh. You know, the church is called the body of the tabernacle. of meeting. <laughs> we got to get in Christ. Somebody say in Christ. I don't know what you're struggling with this morning. I don't know. A lot of you I've never seen before. I, I don't know. Some of you. I don't know what the struggle is. I don't know what the pain is. But there's a, there's a cross this morning. That blood still runs fresh. Come on, and where there's wounds, there's healing. Where there's unforgiveness, there's forgiveness today. Where there's blindness, there's the ability to see. And if you might feel dead in your spirit today, but I come to tell you that Jesus didn't stay in that tomb, but he rose on the third day with the keys of death, hell, and the grave.
You don't have to stay in that grave any longer that he can raise you from the dead this morning. One touch of his spirit can change your life forever. It's all about Jesus. I want to tell you this morning, he's here to meet your need. He's here to touch your life, to minister to your family. This is the house of God. Somebody say, this is the house of God. Lift your hands to the Lord. Close your eyes right now. Just begin to feel after him. Come on, saints, begin to pray. Lord, we love you today. Lift your voice unto the Lord this morning. Lift, lift your voice. Come on, lift your voice unto the Lord. God, we love you today. Oh, do what only you can do this morning, God. Heal every heart, Lord. Every spirit, God physical bodies, Lord, whatever the need, God, I pray that you would be the remedy this morning. Lord, in the name of Jesus, as your people begin to reach for you, God, I pray, Lord, that you would, that you would bridge the gap, God. Oh, Lord, that you would be a repairer of the breach today, that you would come where we're at this morning, and that you would meet with us and give us access to things that we've never had or never enjoyed before. I wonder if we could just step out of our seats this morning, come down to this altar, lift our hands to God, and just begin to pray to him today and begin to call on his name. I know that there's needs in this house. I know there's things that God wants to do, but the only way he can do it is if we reach for him. Come on. Come on, every able-bodied person. Come on, get out of that seat. Come down to the front. Lift your hands to the Lord and just begin to pray. If you feel the liberty to kneel down at the altar, you can kneel down at the altar, whatever you want, but just begin to call on the name of the Lord this morning. I believe, Lord, what the preacher preached this morning. I believe that you are my access to all that I need. I believe that it's available to all that call upon him. I believe, Lord, that I have access through your name to the throne of the living God. Come on, begin to petition heaven right now. Tell him what you need. It's available to you this morning. There's nothing too dirty. Come on, everybody's different. Every need will be different. Come on, voice, voice your petition before him this morning. If you need healing in your body, I want you to tell him about it. If you need healing in your marriage, I want you to tell him about it. If you need healing in your family, if you need healing in your spirit and you've been abused, you need to tell him about it. Come on, open your heart unto the Lord. The price has been paid. Your heart. 
I need you today. Oh, if you're in confusion, God, I need direction in my life. I need help, Lord. Speak to my spirit. I need stability in my world, God. Help me, Jesus. Come on, there's power from heaven this morning to help you. Come on, call on his name.
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.